Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then we talk about it. This is page 928. I also nicked three books I'd brought from Cotticus Library since no one knew I had them and tipped the bowl full of rings into a small sack. The wardrobe held two dozen finely tailored outfits. They were worth a heavy penny but weren't very portable. I took two of the nicer outfits and left the rest hanging. Lastly, I belted on Caesura and worked my shade into a long cape. Those two items reassured me that my time in Ventus had not been entirely wasted, though I'd earned them on my own, not through any help of Alvarin's. I locked the door, snuffed the lamps, and climbed out a window into the garden. Then I used a piece of bent wire to lock the window and close the shutters behind me. Petty mischief? Perhaps, but I'd be damned if I'd be escorted from the estates by the mayor's guard. Besides, the thought of them puzzling over my escape made me chuckle, and laughter is good for the digestion. I made my way out of the estate without anyone seeing me. My shade was well suited to sneaking about in the dark. After an hour of searching, I found a greasy bookbinder in Severin Low. He was an unsavory fellow with the morals of a feral dog, but he was interested in the stack of slanderous stories the nobility had been sending to my rooms. He offered me four reels for the lot of them, plus the promise of ten pennies for every volume of the book he sold after they were printed. I bargained him up to six reels and six pennies per copy, and we shook hands. I left his shop, burned the contract, and washed my hands twice. I did keep the money, however. After that, I sold both suits of fine clothing and all of Codicus' books except for one. With the money I'd accumulated, I spent the next several hours on the docks and found a ship leaving the next day for Junpui. As night settled on the city, I wandered the high parts of Severin, hoping I might run into Denna. I didn't, of course. I could tell she was long gone. The city feels different when Denna is somewhere inside it, and Severin felt as hollow as an empty egg. At the end of several hours of fruitless searching, I stopped by a dockside brothel and spent some time drinking in the taproom. It was a slow night and the ladies were bored. So I brought drinks for everyone and we talked. I told a few stories and they listened. I played a few songs and they applauded. Then I asked a favor and they laughed and laughed and laughed. So I poured the sack full of rings into a bowl and left them on the bar. Soon the ladies were trying them on and arguing over who would get the... End of the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Do you think it's just set dressing the the slanderous papers that are turned into a book, or do you think that'll come back as well? Oh, I think all of this is going to come back to haunt him. I think yeah. that he is he is taking his petty revenge on the uh, the good nobles of Severin. Uh, you know, he's having these this book of slanderous stories published about them. He's uh, seeding all of their rings into a brothel so they'll all get you know in trouble with the scandal of like, Oh, so-and-so has been visiting a, you know, a dockside brothel, such and, and left such. a silver ring for the whores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's, he's doing his best to cause as much chaos as he can. And, uh, I think that that's going to come back and bite him. I think there might come a time where he needs the mayor's help or he could get the mayor's help and the mayor's going to be like, well, you know, I might have been inclined to help you, but you left such a mess when you left. Like you caused chaos in my court for a month that, uh, no, I'm not going to help you. I don't know if the mayor will care, but I bet you that any, you know, every other noble is poisoned against him now. Well, wait, though, he he covered his tracks because he did burn the contract. Right. I but mean, they all know the bookbinder has a copy of the contract also. Well, no, I don't. I mean, maybe the bookbinder does, but I think it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they can prove it. What matters is I know I told my story to that filthy rabble who was hanging around with the mayor, and now that story's in print. Okay, wait, wait, wait. You so- think that the gossiping nobles only told that story to one person? Yes. <laughs> no. 
Well, his story was in, in, in paper, though, like his cover story was that he was, you know, writing a book about the Alvarin lineage. Right. So everyone came to him with with their stories. It was known and it was like circulated that, oh, this guy's gathering gossip. Um, so, yes, I agree with Jeremy for once that everyone's going to know it won't matter. They won't need to do much detective work. Also, they all gave him rings. He did not return the rings, and now all the rings turn up in a brothel. Again, I don't think you need to be Sherlock Holmes to figure out what happened. Me. That's right. Like any defeated debate partner, mm-hmm. meh. Jordana <laughs> is is trying to assert that she hasn't been owned, but I think, in fact, she has been owned. I I have never been owned. Mm. <laughs> well done. I think now we've completed the trifecta, and everyone on this podcast has uh, said they've never been owned. <laughs> It only right. took we, like what? How many years? <laughs> yeah, our Do our internet brain an, poisoning has finally seeped into you, Jordana. Do we get like an achievement? Yeah, a little, like. <laughs> uh, Codicus book. He kept one book. I don't think we know which one. Uh, it might be, you know, later on, Rothfuss can produce whatever book it needs to be and go. Yes, it was Codicus's. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So it's sort of like. Uh, it's in the inventory, but it hasn't been identified yet. So it's like question mark book. And then only when you right click it, do you actually uh, see what mm-hmm. it is? You have to take it to Deckard Kane and have it identified. Yeah. It's a superposition of a uh, book. Yeah. I think it's also worth pointing out that on the previous page and on this page, we have gotten kind of an inventory of, of Quoth's loot from his time in Vintis. You know, the shade, Caesura. Uh, his eight talents, et cetera, et cetera. Th- these are his various quest rewards. Reasonable. I like mm-hmm. that he had more outfits, but he couldn't take them all. Yeah, you were overburdened. He yeah. said out loud, I can't carry anymore. I am overburdened. <laughs> yeah. Too much baggage. Uh, I think it's interesting that he makes a clever financial decision here and he doesn't uh, dip into his own savings to set up the mischief. He he uses the money he accumulated from the sale of the book, uh, the fine clothing and the scandalous stories to get himself passage. Uh, he doesn't dip into his coinage or at least yeah, I mean, that way. That That is in keeping with his character, right? He's pretty tight with a buck. I appreciate this about Quoth. <laughs> And I think it would be remiss if we didn't mention that he is again working uh, his reputation wherein he vanishes, yes, apparently I'm without sorry. a trace. Yeah, and he goes through the motions to relock the window from the outside. So apparently he simply disappears. I'm sure they'll be chatting about that. Absolutely. Anything else on this page? We have lots of letters and I forgot to read one yesterday. You might as well read one today then. Mailbag. All right, this is from Curtis, who writes on page 809, How to Approach and Leave the Sword Tree. Wise men and women, is it wrong, and maybe literally not of the Lathani, and thus contrary to the spinning leaf naming state, Quoth says, to still the sword tree on his walk in toward the trunk, but that same stillness is acceptable as either one of the items which is retrieved from it, or as a means of easing his walk away from the trunk. Why? My idea is that he, morally and narratively, must first demonstrate mastery of the arts which he has learned in Ademra. Once he has done so, he can demonstrate other masteries. It does not hurt that the tranquility can, on the journey outward, be perceived as a gift which he is bringing to Shaheen, the school, or Ademra, whereas it could not have been interpreted as such before he reached the trunk. On the way in, it would have been cheating. On the way out, it is a gift 
revelation of his self to the audience, and demonstration of all his skills together in a strictly edemic context. Note that he did think of stilling the tree beforehand. So it is good fan service on Roth's part that we got both options. Struggling, dancing to get inward in something like the normal way, but better than the sheer magical brute force way, but meaningful and beautiful. Quoth is both of Adem and a badass wizard with the skills which he most recently got and for the reader most presently acquired being demonstrated before he and we fall back onto the methods which we already knew that he had. The reader is satisfied in every way which they could desire. Good writing. What say you? In stillness, yours, signed, Curtis. Ooh, good sign off. (laughs) Also, I agree. Yeah, (laughs) I also agree. It would have been sour to simply like brute force... Uh, it is kind of a Kobayashi Maru situation, but it would have soured me. And I think it would have risked souring the Adam if Quoth had just been like, nope, it's tree still. But also, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have the mastery of the magic yet. He requires going through the ordeal of approaching the tree uh, in order to access that magic. So in that way, I think it works, as Curtis uh, analyzed. Indeed. I say it's a, it's a letter about how uh, Rothfuss did good writing, and it is also written well so it's good writing about good writing true science a double dip listeners we will double dip you on tomorrow's page uh, the Whee! Whee!